Hello, and welcome to the next episode of Myths and Stories, a Destiny 2 lore podcast. Uh, today, we are going to continue our talks about the Nine. I know last last time was a little confusing time for us, because we did all this storytelling and all this lore reading, and barely even talked about the Nine. But we centered around this one person, uh, I, I, I lovingly call her Nasa, uh, who then became Orin, the Guardian, uh, and she is going to continue to evolve uh, over the next, possibly two episodes. We're thinking we're going to get about two episodes, two more episodes out of this. But uh, yeah, we're, she, is, she is who we're focused on right now as far as the Nine. We did a little bit of defining uh, of the Nine at the beginning of the last episode, who they are, where, what, what their um what their 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 thoughts their plans their power the 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 awesomeness of their power uh and we're gonna just keep it going tonight uh so yeah uh myth where are we starting yeah so uh we are going to be starting uh in the lore book we're going to be returning to the lore book um ectasis and specifically the chapter entitled Synthesia. And uh, like, like Zor said last time, we were doing a lot of buildup. It was a lot of, uh, you know, understanding who this character was so that their motivations and the things that happened to them uh, in this episode uh, make a little more sense, have a little more um, impact uh, versus just going, hey, this random person had these things happen to them. Uh, but I think we're very much going to get in more into the nine as as an entity and how Orin is important to them uh, and and all that. So all that is to say, we're going to have some more nine-focused content this time around, but I do still think that our previous episode was important to have some context. Absolutely. Or Orin is very central to the nine. And, yes. and we kept saying that last episode and we're saying it this episode. And I think this episode is where you, the listener, are going to find out why Orin is so central to the nine. I think we're going to get to that part tonight. I hope we are. Yes. I'm, I'm not going to spoil it beforehand. I'm being <laughs> I'm being good this time. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, and. The title of this chapter is very interesting. So, um, synthesia is a term which uh, indicates a uh, crossing of wires in the brain where when you hear music, you see it as shapes. Oh, my uh, God. Like, like, like smelling colors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There, there are different types of synthesia. There's color synthesia, which would be where someone uh, associates like colors uh, with a number, or um, essentially it's Holy it's shit. the crossing of senses. You know, you one sense is informing another in a atypical way. I don't know if that'd be scary or awesome. Maybe a little bit of both. Maybe a little bit of both. Yeah. So previous entry that we talked about in this lore book at the end of the, the last episode was that uh, Orin had been brought to Mara by Namki and Awoken and uh, Mara was very inquisitive with Orin and Orin um, also 
I don't want to say didn't show Mara respect, but she was unaffected by kind of the grandioseness of talking to a, a royal family member. Like she she just treated Mara like any old person. And Mara kind of enjoyed that. Uh, and I, I think maybe saw a little bit of the original person that she had known, um, which was uh, Nassan, in in that interaction. And so she she came to trust Oren quite a bit. Uh and to the point where she uh, collected on the promise of a, a boon, the promise of a, a favor later down the road when the death of Sheer Ido happened, Mara's you know, lover. Uh, she charged Orin with being the one to find out what happened to Sheer. Uh, Sheer was also a, a very good friend of Orin before she was resurrected as a guardian. So there's a little bit of, of stake in it for both of them, even if Warren didn't really know it. So with that in mind, we're going to start our reading on Synthesia, and it goes like this. Orin begins to experience waking hallucinations. Immaterial strangers speak to her in unrecognizable languages. When she reaches for Namki, she feels as if she is falling into him, being pulled through him, sieved into smaller and smaller scarves of some Adam self that he breathes into the blood of his bones. When she continues her hunt for the queen, she feels a crushing fist around her windpipe. There's something she must say, but she has no words to say it. There's somewhere she must go. Someone she must be. It is not horrifying, though she thinks it should be. Instead, it is just unspeakably lonely. So I'm going to pause real quick here to also say that uh, Oren had, right before this, traced the uh, strange coin left on Sure Ido's body to Zur, and had kind of beaten him up. <laughs> Kicked the uh, shit out of him. And, Broke uh, his back. Yeah. And Zer presented her with the urn of her mother's ashes, um, although she no longer remembered them because they were, again, from before her resurrection. Uh, and as she's looking at these ashes, she's now having these hallucinations, these you know shadows speaking to her in languages she doesn't know. Um, and Namki, who is, is uh, Oren's lover, uh, she's seeing like this, this hallucination of Namki and, you know, kind of being a part of him, but also feeling like she needs to be somewhere else, be someone else. Uh, yeah. the, the card continues. It grows steadily worse until it's not possible to tell the difference between day and dream. She tries to describe her number-color synthesia to Gol, to Namki, to Mara. She sees green and thinks nine. She reads purple and tastes nine. They all tell her to stop, to rest, to be still. There have been other breakthroughs, other messages. The nine are known. But she cannot. 
She hunts for the man with the writhing face. She hunts for herself. And on the day that Namki dies, no one can reach her or goal, though they do try. She does not find out for months. So we're going to pause again in this lore card. Uh, because the next entry talks about uh, her reading the last words of Namki, uh, which are recorded in full in a different lore card. So we're going we're gonna to jump, we're going to pause Synthesia and jump over to the lore card in the Dreaming City lore book called Bamberga. And there's, there's a lot more going on here than just, uh, you know, Namki's last words. But I'm going to try and whittle it down to the things that are important to right now. So this is Bamberga. This is a copy of a uh, relay sent to Orin directly, um, although apparently she did not get it for quite some time. Presumably from Namki, uh, with a number of transmissions. And those transmissions go like this. Transmission one. Pan, 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 all stations. This is RSS Amistris. We have a possible sky shock event in progress, requesting immediate vidcom with any available techian. Static follows. Transmission 2. Mayday, mayday, all stations. This is RSS, I'm mistress. We are under attack. Our hull has been breached. Mayday, mayday. Please, someone. Static follows. Transmission 3 is two people. I've got it. Hang on. I don't know how to... What's the channel? They're screaming. Listen, they're all screaming. Be calm. Help me. What's the channel? It's the core. It's the core. This is the stalking core. Shut up. What is the channel? Oh, oh no. Please. Static follows. Transmission four. Oren, it's, it's me. It's Namki. I don't think I'm coming home. I'm so sorry. I'm... I just want to tell you that I love you. Static follows. Transmission 5. Mayday, mayday. This is Ven Asar on the RSS Amistris. We are 300 souls aboard. Something is happening. Everything is blue. Something is here. Static follows. And that's where we're going to end the reading of that card. Ha! Ah! That's all I got to say about that. That's that's something freaky's happening. Something freaky is the, happening. The one thing that sticks out to me in the in the Bamberger one is the Sky Shock event. That's that that's something important. For some reason, I'm I'm, and this could be my brain mixing up. Isn't Sky Shock uh, Rasputin related? Skyshock uh, was referenced by Rasputin, but I believe is just the general term for uh, extraterrestrial 
invasion with the potential to danger humanity. Okay. Okay. Uh, and actually, I, I, I ended a little too soon. I'm going to read the last little bit on this because it leads to even more mystery. Uh, it continues. A SAR fleet found that the Amistris was unsafe to board due to radioactive surface contamination. SAR deployed multiple crow drones for interior survey. No evidence of hull breach found. No evidence of Maltech detonation found. No evidence of hostile alien interference was found. No evidence of internal sabotage was found. No survivors were found. Amistris abandoned, set adrift beyond the reef. Like, that's... Uh, I mean, like, what the hell happened on this ship? Yeah, because they their distress signal was, was heard. A fleet yeah. came to assist them found the ship abandoned but highly radioactive but there was no damage they couldn't and and no damage that was being reported in the in the distress signals like there was no hull breach there was no alien you know entities it was just nothing the oh well, and like e- e- oh my gosh the only no, thing go ahead go ahead yeah the only thing that we have to tell us a little bit about what might have happened to these people is the fact that this is referred to as a, uh, in some of the, the text code, as far as like, uh, like they do that thing where there's a bunch of code before the uh, actual like readouts of the transmissions. Yep. In that code, it refers to this as an affil event as in aphelion yep i was i was looking through those too and i'm trying i'm like picking apart bits and pieces of it that i can see that are that are recognizable um and i i saw the fl which makes me think of aphelion and then later on they say summary of sbu aphelion incidents yep. uh follows below and then they list a couple incidents there the main incident that we're talking about right now is the the event uh aboard the the amistress um but even the other two events like they talk about like a a ship with like a glowing creature on the exterior and just like they the the ship jumps and then and then this ship is just like has the same radioactive stuff covering it and and it says like recommendation of k wodge uh this guy this other guy um so k wodge is cadell wodge so this this was before she's turned into the Oracle engine. Um, it says recommended recommendation of K Wodge, uh, Nulg, which was the 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 pilot of the other ship, the pal- Paladin Nulg, uh, was quarantined under Techian supervision for one month. Then the ship itself was decommissioned and set adrift beyond the rift, same way this other sh- the the Amistress was. So mm-hmm. whatever this event is. It, whether it be a creature, whether it be a psychedelic thing that's happening, like it, it's, it has happened once before. And throughout this, this reading here where they just have no idea, like nothing, there's, there's no hull breach. There's no, 
uh, maltech, there's no hostile alien interference, there's no internal sabotage, and there are no survivors. Nothing is found on the ship. And then the thing that that really uh, um, concerns me is the very, very last like code line here that says delete afel.rel. So like are they saying like pretend this shit didn't happen? <laughs> kind of seems that way. Uh you know, it's a cover up. Yeah. Um, and and you know, this isn't what our episode is about, but uh, I I do want to offer some context here. The Ophelian has very little information about it. We don't know if it's a singular thing or if the it was if there's multiples. All we really know in game is that they were uh, the Ophelian, whatever it was, was considered a incredibly dangerous entity by the Awoken. Uh, they, the only person that has survived a fight with one, is Sheer Ido. And the one that she killed is laid in the Ophelian's rest in the Dreaming City. I was going to say, like, this is this is all kind of pointing back to the to the Lost Sector that's there. Yep. But we still don't know what this Ophelian, it, whatever it is, I mean, it it just it, yeah, it, it took this crew. It I I don't I don't I don't know what to say that it did to this crew. Like I I don't I don't want to say like it completely effed up the crew or it killed them all or it took them all or like there's there's nothing there's no signs of anything like and and this is the important bit to take away from this so um Oren is receiving this transmission you know these these uh many transmissions um including Namki's final words to her essentially just saying like I'm I'm sorry I I can't come home I love you uh and there is no clear indication of who's responsible or what happened to Namki for Oren to, to hold on to. Like, who does she, you know, who, who does she, she blame who like, is Namki still out there somewhere? If, if it was a case where there were no bodies to recover, like it's a very, it's a moment of like, Oh God, what, what, what has happened? And, and I imagine a feeling of a lot of, powerlessness for her absolutely so this is the message that that Oren had received um on this bamberga card so we're gonna go back to synthesia now and uh see what happens to her after she relieves receives this message on the day she meets wu ming she is on Bamberga. She has just left a Jensum lab. She's just read a transcript of Namki's last words. Her hands are shaking. She feels nauseous. She feels she can see herself in third person, tottering to a safe place to sit and cry. And Wu Ming is a bonfire in the darkness, and she crawls towards its warmth. Wu Ming is ravenous for her stories of the Nine. He asks whether she's met them, whether they can give a man power, whether they know a way out of this solar system, 
Orin cannot answer any of his questions, but she cannot keep her own stories down. She's sick with them. They come out in a compulsive, bilious stream, and when she's emptied, she talks of herself, of her grief, of her restlessness, how she feels the most alive in the empty spaces between blinks, how she feels as if she is a snake, perpetually slothing away its skin, except this last molt is all wrong, and she's caught in the ghost throat of her old self. Wu Ming leaves his questions by the wayside as he is drawn inexorably into the gravity of her desperate honesty. Her confessions lower his defenses. He talks of himself, of his fear, of his loneliness. How he feels he is one fingernail away from plummeting into an abyss. How he feels vicious resentment every time he is brought back from the dead. He never asked. For the gift of the light. They make excuse after excuse to meet again. Every conversation is colored by excavated truths. Every day they feel they will reach some bedrock that will break them to pieces. It is as frightening as it is intoxicating. So we're going to pause again there. Uh, so a few things. For those that have listened to our Drifter series, you may have noticed the name Wu Ming. This is, in yeah. fact, the Drifter. Old, old Germain himself. Yep. Uh, under one of his many names. Um, but so Drifter came, I, I guess, uh, uh, was discovered by Oren during a time of great vulnerability for her, of great grief for her. And seemed to be something of a kindred spirit. Uh, yeah. You know, he had his own deep-setted fears <laughs> and, and griefs. Uh, and Ma- Mainly because of the light. And yes, absolutely. <laughs> and the power of the warlords and, and iron lords. Like, yeah. So, you know, they, they connected on, on that level. Kind of, of, of shared... Uh, you know, shared experience, I guess. I, I, I was fixing to say, do we call it experiences or shared grievances? Right. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're very, they're very much like they just keep sharing bad, bad experiences that happen with each other. And because of all this sharing, like they just open up even more to each other and share <laughs> more bad experiences. Like it's like, I don't know. It's a, we'll call them experiences yeah we'll call them experiences for now but so um we're gonna before we finish off synthesia uh we can actually see some of the interactions between these two um in the uh now you know unfortunately you can only find on youtube uh quest dialogue slash cutscenes from the invitation of the nine quest series so yeah. we are going to look at the transcripts for the Invitation of the Nine, Mystery and Potential. Um, and we're going to start with Visit 6, which is it shows Orin and Drifter um, during one of their, their little conversations here. Uh, and it goes like this. Orin saying, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I really miss him. 
drifter. Yeah, me too. Oren sniffles. How how did you say you knew each other again? Oh, we uh Namki and me, we were buddies. Met in a little dive on Saris. Used to play cards. He talked about you a lot. Said the queen trusts you to talk to the nine for her. That true? <laughs> yeah, sort of. Doesn't seem important anymore. Yeah, well, you ever need a shoulder to cry on? I'm here for you. And that particular vision fades. I. Uh, and then we uh, we see from we see the same scene from two different perspectives. So I'm going to read this from kind of the third person. Uh, I guess Drifter's perspective, which takes place in the Invitation of the Nine Mystery and Potential Visit Number Seven. And then we will continue Synthesia, which continues it from Oren's perspective. So we get a view again in this cutscene of Oren and the Drifter speaking to one another. Uh, and Oren says, I'm leaving. I'm going to find them. There's nothing out there for you, Orn. Please, don't pretend you care. This is a courtesy, Dredgen. Don't you use that name. Not anymore. Your friend Callum says otherwise. Hand my heart, I'm not lying. <laughs> Can you even hear yourself? Orin, please. I'm going, Wu Ming. This friendship, or whatever you want to call it, it's over. Try not to get shot. You want to go back to a thousand years of the Traveler's Dogma, kid? Give up your freedom? Fine. You do you. And the vision fades. Ooh. So clearly there's been a little bit of a falling out here. A little bit. It, it definitely gets explained. <laughs> well, not necessarily explained, but definitely seen more internally in the next part of of synthesia yeah so we're going to continue synthesia now to see some of this from Oren's perspective i assume during or immediately following this this conversation it continues lies 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 he is not wu ming he is a man named eli a man named dredgen hope a man named the drifter he is not vulnerable. He is not a he is a paranoid con man. He's a dead-hearted murderer. He is a cowardly liar. He is not her friend. He's waiting to make his move. He has always been waiting to make his move. She is stupid. She is so stupid to have fallen for his lies. She cannot mend this. She leaves, and so too does the light. The severance is absolute in its terror. She has not felt such a profound sense of... Schism? It cannot be mended. Orin is not your name. And that's the end of the Synthesia lore card. I've, I have to laugh because usually like... Usually we do like a single reading of a single lore card, but this one had so many points in it yeah. <laughs> that had been referenced in other points 
throughout Destiny in in those in all those visits uh, from from the nine that it like it was hard to even try to like put all of that as a single reading. So yeah, so so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go back to the beginning of Synthesia and kind of like walk through what's what's all happened here. Like yeah, it starts off with her having super intense synthesia the the mixing of wires of colors and smells and stuff uh of senses and uh gets super super intense and and she doesn't think of it as like horrifying she just thinks of it as lonely like just a a very very (sighs) well she she's the only one experiencing it and yeah. I feel like that would be an experience that is very hard to communicate to those around Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Like that's, that's yes, perfect wording there. <laughs> uh, and then like, like she's telling everyone about this. And, and again, it's that sense of loneliness. Hey, just go sleep. You're rest. You're overworked. You're over whatever. And then, of course, during this time, Namki dies on that whatever the hell happened out there with the Ophelians. I that still scares the shit out of me. Like, what in this? Like, was that a creature? Was it a entity? Was it just a a thing? Was it a was it a space? Whatever, because you know all of us have watched enough Stargate and Star Trek, and there's all sorts of freaky shit in space that we don't know about or even have any any inkling about. Uh, so of course she gets that. Then she she just so happens to bump across the the drifter. Now Bamberga, Bamberga is actually um, is that the bar that he runs? Uh no, I at think, the bottom of Fellwinter. No, um, I forget what that was called. I I don't know if they tell us the name, but Bamberga I think is. I think just like an asteroid. Because Bamberger was the named reef. the lore card of the other one. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, I okay. think it's just a location on the reef, um, and that's where gotcha. she that's where she was at to access the transcript was Bamberger. Gotcha. I, I don't know if it was yep. sent to there or or why. It or was if that was like the only it. place to to receive it. Like that could be. Yeah. That could have been the only because because even in that transmission they talk about like what's the channel what's the channel so they could have they may not have been able to transmit to Namkey directly they could just be transmitting to like an emergency signal for the Awoken themselves yeah and that that receiving point would have been that asteroid Bamberga because because that's the thing we need to remember about uh, the Awoken of the Reef they are literally out there in like essentially what's huts and and chained together asteroids that are just floating about in the in the vacuum of space mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's it's that can also be a, like that's a super lonely thought there too but comes across Wu Ming you know it and and she starts talking to him and starts opening up and she starts sharing her stories of the nine because he's just so he wants to know about him he's so he's ravenous for him and and of course she's she's had at i mean we we talked about the one interaction she had with zur and broke <laughs> poor zur man i yeah. can't i i literally i literally went and visited zur the other day and was like oh he's <laughs> oh like you're sad now when you go see him like you, usually you're like hey what do you got for me today zur do you got some good weapons now you show up and like i'm so sorry friend <laughs> um 
but yeah, so she ha- she has these stories of the nine. He's super. He just wants to know as much as he can about him. And so her sharing more and more, she just it just spills out of her. And and um, he he it gets to a point to where they're super close. And we talked about them in the in the Drifter series about how close she he is to her and her her tattoo. That it's it's interesting here where she talks about the whole snake theory, right? Like she's like a snake that's shedding its skin and then eating itself and shedding its skin and she's caught half ghost skin throat like it it's super super interesting there um that she thinks of herself like that she thinks of this this interaction happening and of course they're they're constantly finding finding ways to 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 find each other and 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 get a hold of each other um and then of course they they Wuming finds out everything, or not Wuming, uh, uh, Oren finds out everything about Wuming. I now that's the one thing that we don't know. How do we know how she found out about all of his past everything? I couldn't find it anywhere that described how she found out. It had to have been like a like like some sort of. I I think of it as like some sort of like unexpected slip of information from Drifter, right? Yeah, like, it could be. It, him telling what like the two of them getting closer and closer together because i in our drifter series we talked about how he felt like he was getting closer to a person that he was getting close to Oren as a person because i think he was finding another spirit in this world because we know how much drifter like i, I don't want to say hates the light but like you know he even talks about like i didn't ask for any of this like right. i didn't ask for the light like but to find someone like Oren who has also had that level of loss and is and is trying to cope with it i i i think the two of them really are like moths to a flame like they're just they're just drawn to each other um and so what however she found out i like i said i i like the idea of like drifters telling one of his stories and you know he just lets slip the name eli or lets slip the name jermaine or something like that every once in a while and and doesn't catch himself well, while he's while he's telling the story you know she she does say in the conversation between her and drifter um you know she calls him dredgen and he goes no that's not my name anymore and she says well callum says differently so i wonder if she met callum oh. and callum spilled the beans on something and then oh, that, that cascaded all of it oh my that'd be so much worse yes i mean be. that that would that would be why she would be that level of pissed right like it's one thing to like it's it's almost like when you're dating somebody and then like some random person comes across and you're like hey i know so and so this is da 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 and this is why they're da 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 and then you're like what the and then you go back to the person you're like to hell with you you didn't want to tell me any of this i had to find this out from a random stranger oh my god that makes so much sense smith she had to have crossed paths with callum she had to have in order for her to be that level of piss that makes sense god damn it myth you are so smart i i envy your genius i i read um, the card <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah so she's pissed she's like to hell with you I'm going to go try to find Namki. I'm going to do, I'm going to do something. And, and, you know, she's literally calls him out on, and like in, in the, in the, in the synthesisio lore card, she's, she's just talking to herself. Like she's just saying to herself, this is all lies. This is all 
bullshit. This is all just some fucking dude named Dredgen, named Eli, named whatever the hell he wants to name himself. He he has no interest in me. He has no, he doesn't want to he he doesn't have any type of relationship with me. All he wants is information. All he wants to be is the con man. So you know she gets pissed. She leaves. And then this last little bit here, this last like couple of paragraphs. I I I'm I. I don't know. I I really don't know how to to interpret this other than this is the start of it. This is the beginning of her, of mm-hmm. the nine with or, or her and the nine because in the lore card in in that last entry it says she leaves and so too does the light. Does she give up the light? So I I believe that's the case. To back up just a minute, just just a second okay. before we get to that. Okay, that I'm back ending. up a second. So I, I want to point out throughout this entire card, I think we are seeing the nine lead her to where they want her to be because during the entire time she's oh. having the synthesia, uh, she says, you know, she sees green and thinks nine. She reads yep. purple and tastes nine. So yep. whatever happened between the interact, you know, the interaction between her and Zer set something off in her head that the nine are somehow reoccurring in every sensation she has. Do you think it's, do you, do you, so, and, and I, I totally forgot to ask this at the beginning, but so Zer gives her the urn and she pops it open and it's, and it's dust yep. and dust falls. And he does the whole dust to dust. We are in dust return. She that is one of the only instances we've seen of a guardian coming in contact with something that was super close to them in their previous life, pre-guardian, short of someone like Anna Bray, who who like came in contact with her with her. I mean, she had her ID card on her, presumably was resed in a Bray Tech facility, yeah, and then started wandering around and putting the pieces together. Now, I, I think there's a distinction to be made there. Because while Anna Bray absolutely revived with some personal effects, with her ID mm-hmm. card, uh, with you know whatever was around her at the time, those things certainly gave her information about her yes. previous life. But I don't imagine she was attached to an ID card the same way someone would have been attached that. to the remains of a loved one. Exactly. And I'm curious... As to what, because Zer just pulled this thing out of nowhere. And I'm curious as to that item having that level of connection to Orin and being in contact with the Nine or the Nine having access to this item. Did the Nine do something to this item? Was was there some, I'll call it paracausal effect that that, that happened to this item that then you know, when she pops it open now, it's, it's, it, it's like springing a trap, right? Like you pop it open and the dust flies in your face where it, is this something where like the nine have infected her type thing? Or is this just truly because of that item, like her, her Zer specifically handing her that item, him being of the nine, is that what triggers this like hyper synthesia? Cause like, I think she had a little bit of it beforehand, but then like in this card, it's like hyper, yeah. like sees green taste nine, like all that stuff. 
Yeah, no, I, I think... I don't know if they did anything paracausal, because the Nine are causal entities. Right, um, right. In Destiny's universe, anyway. Uh, so I don't know that they did anything paracausal to it, but I could absolutely see the, like, the 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 shock of... I should know what, yeah. I don't know what this is, but it feels familiar. Why does it feel like that thought process causing some, some, you know, mental strain that turns into synthesia. Uh, I think the nine absolutely knew what was going to happen when they gave it to her. I think they knew it was going to cause, and, and that's kind of a theme here is schism. Yeah. This, this entire lore card is about her being divided in some way or from something. So, and and you know, kind of that that the ashes are are the first step. It's proof that she is divided from a previous life, even if she doesn't know it at the time. The yep. the synthesia is a division, a division of like what one sense is telling you versus what another sense is telling you. Um, they divide her further. I I wouldn't put it past the nine being responsible in some way for what happened to Namki. They're dividing her from a loved one, from a current loved one. Oh, my God. Could you imagine if... Oh, man. Dude, that would have some repercussions. Oh, yeah. Uh, But then she meets Drifter and starts to repair herself. Starts to, like... Starts to find kinship. Starts to, like, through her vulnerability, kind of heal... And again, this is speculation, but what if the nine saw that and went, that's not going to get you to us any faster. Let's, let's move some pieces in the background to make sure you run into Callum. Oh my God. And then she's (laughs) divided again (laughs) from Drifter. Dude, up, man. Like that's... Okay. And all all of that leads her eventually. And she says in, in her conversation with the Drifter, I'm going to find them. I'm leaving. I'm yep. going to find them. Them being the nine who she was searching for originally. Uh, and the very end of the synthesis lore card, uh, where it says she leaves and so too does the light. I don't think she means leaving drifter. I think that means I don't think so either. she leaves her form of existence. I think so. I think she's like, that is her leaving I, I'm I'm gonna call it this reality, like the the reality of the solar system, because again, when we talk about the nine, and we know that they're the the entities the the entities of the nine are related to the solar system itself. Uh, the reality of being a a human being, and that reality is now shifting. Yes. Or or, or being a, a a physical being in this universe now shifting over this other one, because then it says schism and schism is written and this we tried we tried to talk about this last episode how the nine talk um one of the voices that talks talks in all caps with spaces between each letter and schism is written like that it's all capitalism it's all and every letter is spaced out so the schism in my opinion is one of the nine questioning her about it yes and then the next the next line literally like the the last three lines, so schism question mark is is written as the nine would say it. The next line is the as another as a, is written the same way another one of the nine would say it. It's not a single capital um, um, 
letter throughout the whole thing and no punctuation and it just says it can be mended so i'm thinking it's it's the nine looking at Orin, uh, another member of the nine looking at Orin and saying yeah we could we could fix this like this this whatever whatever this being is whatever this consciousness is yeah we we can fix that and then the third line Orin is not your name i don't think that's Orin thinking that no i think that is the nine telling or in that absolutely those last three lines are different are three different members of the nine i think talking to orin directly i think i think I this think so. this is her finding the nine accepting whatever their gift was and you know rejecting the light as part of it and presumably killing her ghost goal uh, it says the I don't know sev- why that just made me sad, <laughs> but that just made me sad. It says the severance is absolute in its terror. Like she has cut herself off from everything she has ever known, from potentially the only plane of existence she's ever known. Uh, and it says she has not felt such a profound sense of, and then one of the members of the nine complete her thought saying schism. Uh, another nine, it can it can be mended, and a third, Orin is not your name. I was going to say we talked about that. The nine like finish each other's sentences. They do, and now they're doing it for her as she is coming into the fold of the nine. So, what has actually happened to Orin? We we can see a little bit of um of what comes of Orin. Uh, on the very last entry here, which is titled Scales. And it goes like this. On the day she leaves to find the Nine, the Techians name her Orin the Lost. She raids a storeroom in the Vestian outpost, stuffing into her knapsack digital schematics for a Phaeton backscatter scanner, a jade coin, several bundles of dried queen's foil, and nothing more. She goes beyond the heliopause. It is a long walk and a sudden death. She sheds herself and emerges anew in the glimmering scales of her old lives, an immigrant, a translator, an emissary, a hammer of judgment. They expect to claim her will, but she clenches it a little tighter. Her gifts can end wars. And that's the end of that chapter. And the the only reason why I wanted to remind you of this one is because of that last entry there. She sheds herself and emerges anew with in the glimmering scales of her old life. Yeah. So she and absolutely then lists everything. Remembers. She knows everything. She remembers everything of her past life as the emissary of every past life. So that's I I think that's and and the fact that her will is her own. Like Zer's will is not his own. He's doing whatever the 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 nine tell him to do or will him to do. Whereas the emissary absolutely has a will of her own yeah. and can can flex it. And the nine didn't expect her to have her own. Like they were gonna try and take it. And yep. she said, Nah, you're you're not doing that. I'm I'm good, bro. <laughs> I'm good. Can can you even will, bro? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like that one. Okay. I uh, 
we don't have any direct telling of whatever process she went through or, you know, exactly what happened outside of this. But we do know through context clues and a, a few um, quest dialogues and such, the Guardian previously known as Orin has become what we now know in game as the emissary of the nine. That kind Ooh, of floating, drop. yeah, that, that like floating robed woman, uh, that guides you through. I guess the only thing currently in game would be the prophecy dungeon, uh, yep. but made a lot of appearances during Season of the Drifter. And I believe you, uh, back in, in the old, uh, um, uh, Trials of the Nine, like she was, yes. she was the one you'd meet at the end if you went flawless. Yeah, she was the Trials vendor, uh, and she had some some dialogues uh, there as well, but we get we get confirmation of this essentially, uh, or very strong, you know, evidence to to this in uh, again that invitation of the nine quest during season of the drifter. Uh, this was visit number two, um, and we see a conversation between Orin and the nine. And uh, that conversation goes, the Nine asking, do you regret this? The Emissary. What? Judgment. I have more agency as an agent than I ever did wielding the light. You lost everything. The ghost that has been floating next to her shoulder up till now falls to the ground. Nothing that ever mattered. I would die for those I love. We do not understand. No, I suppose you wouldn't. And the emissary disappears. Because the, the, the nine don't understand death. No. Death is not a concept to the nine because they are the entities of the planets and the, and the sun throughout. Like planets and, and and celestial bodies last for billions and billions and billions of years like theoretically trillions of years possibly even longer so i mean the concept of death truly is a hard concept for the nine to even quantify not only that i think the concept of love is oh. something they don't understand because she says oh. I would die for those I love and then their response is we don't understand. It might be it could be both. It that could entire be entire statement. Yeah. Right. They're like we don't understand the concept of of death in the human sense and we don't understand the concept of love in a human sense because wow. Those are those are emotions and thus far, the nine have not shown really much of any emotion outside of survival. Yeah, exist, right? Like, right. Well, I, not exist. I, survival, I think, is the is the right term. I I do think that's the because when I when I think of survival versus exist, like the vex exist, like they don't. Yeah, that's true. They just so they just so happen to survive. Because they want to exist, but their primary thought and function and feeling is exist. Whereas, like the nine, 
I think have maybe not necessarily the same uh, primary thought, primary function or whatever, but survival is definitely high on their priority list. Oh yeah. Versus existing. So, and this, the, the image of her having a ghost hovering with her uh, until the nine say like you lost everything. And then the, the little image of the ghost just kind of falls to the ground and disappears. Uh, Boop. And she says nothing that ever mattered, which is pretty harsh. Oh, <laughs> oh it makes me sad, dude. Like I'm genuinely sad for Gaul. Like, I know. It, that makes me sad. I haven't even named my ghost. I feel bad now. I need to name my ghost. I haven't either. I've 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 heard of people doing that. Like they have the, their own like headcanon name for their ghost. I just nothing's ever worked. Nothing sticks, for me, right? Yeah. Like nothing. I can't figure it out. Like I, he's just ghost. No, nope. but uh, we'll I figure it out one of these days. I do find it very interesting. She says I have more agency as an agent, presumably agent of the nine, than I ever did wielding the light. So, this I find interesting for a couple of reasons uh the nine are causal the nine are pursuing paracausal power so her giving up the light in exchange for the powers the nine can grant her seems like it would be a downgrade that's what i was thinking right like i mean the light can do a lot paracausality can do a lot but she's saying like but I, I, she can do more. She has more freedom as an agent than she did of the light. And may, maybe that's what she means. Maybe it's I'm not tied to oh. the dogma of light versus dark or yeah. anything. I can literally do what I want, even if the power is different or diminished. Sure. Well, and and we talked about it at the very beginning of of the last ep- of our previous episode of where like the nine just will something out of existence. Yeah, you know, they will. They willed all those out. Just we will it. So let our touch be lethal. Boom, they're all dead. Like I've never seen a guardian just will something out of existence. And again, like the 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 concept of that can be kind of abstract, right? Like you know, by me wielding the light, I am willing something. It is my will to to end you know something else that I'm using the light against. So like there's like that abstract idea that that can be used as as to say, you know, well, even with the light, we are still willing things out of existence. We're just doing it in a flashier way, right? Like we're using tickle fingers, we're using, you know, arc bolts and stuff. But like for the nine, I think willing something out of existence is literally just like sitting there. I say sitting because that's the only like that's <laughs> it's 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 hard to describe the nine, um, but just sitting there and just thinking it out of existence basically and it just yeah. it's it's gone what i think though and again this is a little this is speculation i think the nine don't have that level of capability unless it's a fairly unanimous thought oh um that's a good point because I like that it, idea. It, they it seemed in that that dialogue we read in the first episode that they had to all decide like yep. we are going to do this right now uh, yep. versus one or two, you know, because not all of them were for it, at least originally for the, the decimation of the Ahamkara, but right. It seems like if that were the case, 
then you know they wouldn't have needed to even talk about it it would have just been like the one or two can just th- could have just know, boop, boop, be boop. like okay yep. it's done it's done now not you know not bother with the whole round table of like okay let's all do this uh yep well and she's now so now Orin is the emissary nine which again kind of makes a lot of of like kind of helps make a lot of sense of the drifter and how and throughout the drifter story the emissary is constantly screwing with him yeah and i think i i say i think i know that is on purpose <laughs> like the the level of i i don't want to say the the level of grief that that he caused her but like that separation there the whole lies lies like yeah she's definitely getting some revenge on him now that she is the emissary like she's she's actively screwing with him now which is it's fine i i think it's deserved i think it's well i i say it's deserved like it depends on how she found out if it's the callum way yeah, yeah, it's probably deserved. If it was like him slip of the tongue way, eh, maybe ease up a little bit, Emissary. The Nine had their eyes on Drifter even before she became, she was like part of the equation. And uh, oh. we actually see this in another uh, piece of that quest line. This is Invitation of the Nine, visit number one. And we meet with the Emissary. Our guardian meets with the emissary, and she tells us this. She says, we stand at the precipice of history. What you do here changes the cosmic balance forever. You have made allies of dangerous beings, gods and god pretenders. How long before your company involves you in something you can't come back from? Those I serve have so much to learn from you. You are their greatest curiosity, the agent on whom all fates converge. The Dredgen presents a special prize to the Nine. He is an anomaly, an elemental balance, a grand experiment. We remember his trial. And then it fades into a cutscene. And it shows the drifter and a shadow of your. Uh, who is one of the kind of cults of Dredgen Yor after his death. Uh, and they're, they're um, playing a card game, essentially. And uh, Drifter presumably wins, probably by cheating. And the shadow uh, is, who's sitting at this table with him says, It's time someone taught you respect, little man. Drifter. <laughs> Someone like you? I know you all keep tabs on me. Yeah, and you've been straying. You don't even use his name no more. The shadow throws his cards on the table. Well, that's why I'm still breathing, brother. Gambit is a chance at salvation. Take it. The drifter places a card on the table, winning the game. The shadow stands up in anger, points his thorn at the drifter, and the drifter holds up his hands in surrender. You were always so afraid Shin would get you. Sorry, old friend. Drifter points to his right hand with his left, and with a flick of his wrist, a mote of dark appears in his hand, and he points in the direction behind 
the shadow. Behind you. The shadow turns around to see a taken captain appear behind him. The taken captain attacks the shadow, sending him flying over the nearby railing, where he screams as he falls. The drifter laughs, and the taken captain approaches drifter. Whoa, boy, easy, easy now. The taken captain roars and reaches out towards the drifter, and the drifter recoils. The captain is suddenly sucked into a portal and disappears, and in its place, the emissary stands. Dredgen. Nah, not anymore. It's Drifter now. You have proven yourself worthy. Accept this gift from the Nine. A gift? The derelict suddenly starts to shake. What gift? The vision ends with a view of the derelict with the hull now behind it. The guardian is again in the presence of the emissary. The emissary speaks. Only two others have transcended their design. The first, an hourglass counting down with infinite patience. The second, a forgotten blade sharpened anew. And now, the dredgen. Visit us again. We wish for you to understand what we understand. For now, it is my purpose to speak to you and you alone, but only if you remain worthy. And that's the end of that quest scene. God, that's probably one of my favorite scenes, but so fucking confusing <laughs> like there's there's bits of it that i could pick out and i'm like okay i think i understand what they're talking about here i don't know what's happening there um but yeah like the and i think i've asked this before too what is the hall like is it just a, a connection space to the 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 land of the nine you know, like where we see eternity, like all the different, uh, uh, like dares of eternity, the the eternity maps, like all of those different places. Is it just is it just a, a connection space? I don't know if it's a connection space, or if it's essentially just its own little pocket dimension that he's hauling around. Oh shit! Uh, I didn't think of that. Yeah, no, that's absolutely what it could be. And I I think that's where he stores, quote unquote, all of his taken for Gambit. I think you're right. And and whenever I think he you're needs 100% to right. summon one in because he cheated at a card game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, 100%. I think you are exactly right. I I that I don't know why that never made sense to me, but that's I mean, back when we played Reckoning, you'd go in there and there'd be a there'd be the 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 bank and you'd put a, an item in to to transfer it into a, into another item and then you jump down the little black hole and now you're in the land of the Taken. Like but you didn't go anywhere. Like, you yep. just shifted dimension. I think you're right. I think you're exactly right. And prophecy uh, only has taken enemies, and you go into it for prophecy. And you go in there through... Yeah, that's how you enter prophecy. Oh, my God. How did I never... Wow. That's it, then. That's exactly what it is. Okay. Well, that it. Check that <laughs> box. Answer that question. Uh, the two things that they mention here, the... The the hourglass of sand counting backwards, and the blade. An hourglass counting down with infinite patience, 
and a forgotten blade sharpened anew. Uh, okay. They describe the blade. Yeah, has got to be Oryx, or or is it just sword logic in general? Uh, no, I think it's referencing a, a specific person, but I don't think it's Oryx personally. Okay. Um, so they say only two others have transcended their design. I, I believe meaning there are two other people that have gone beyond what they were supposed to or done. Like what, like what the nine intended for them? Right. Or like what, what destiny bah, 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 <laughs> intended for them? I think gone beyond have, have challenged the nine's understanding of how the world works. Okay. Uh, one of them is the drifter. I think because the drifter is the first person to ride the line between light and dark. Like he's definitely one that's looked at the light's dogma and been like to hell with that. Yeah. He he is not following the the rules per se of being a, a risen or a guardian. Yeah. Um which we still don't know what those damn rules are. <laughs> not not completely. Anyway. The other two. An hourglass counting down with infinite patience. I I feel like that's Mara. I could see Mara. I personally am veering towards Elsie, towards the stranger. Uh, oh, shit. Because an hourglass counting down infinitely, she is infinitely seeing the end of universes and then time jumping to another one and hoping, you know, oh, patience. Shit. She's hoping that this one's the one. This, this one's will be the, the right one. one. Yep. Uh, so I think that's referring to Elsie. And then a forgotten Damn. blade sharpened anew. I think is referring to Eris. Eris was forgotten oh, in the Hellmouth, and shit. has you know has risen from the Hellmouth and turned into one of the most integral characters in the Destiny universe. Yeah, and and uh, the three of them combined like that's yep. the three man fire team that went to to Europa. Yep, they're the like the quote unquote dark vanguard as people like to call them. Oh my god. Dude, I don't. Holy shit, that makes so much more sense. Damn it, man! <laughs> Quit being so damn. Damn it! All right, well I'm speechless. So you get to continue now. I I, I will sit in the corner and cry. <laughs> so because these are be our visions being shown to us and information being told to us, the the player, the guardian player. Um, by the emissary, I believe this is the emissary communicating from the nine a, um, for lack of a better term, a prophecy that these three people are going to shape the the way that this universe goes forward. Um, oh my god! And they they do well, okay in beyond light. So and onwards, they absolutely do, and and beyond. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so then you saying prophecy, pun intended, brings me back to the idea of the prophecy dungeon and the final boss in there looking like a, looking like Aramis. Like, is she integral to whatever's going to happen further on down the line? Um, or at least according to the nine, is she integral? Well, I don't know. It's hard to know. Are the nine omnipotent? Are they right. omniscient? Like how how much can they, they just see guessing? 
into the future, if at all. Are or... they inferring? Are they right. are they coming up with ideas? Yeah, no, absolutely. So not really sure, although you could say that given the way the seasonal story is unfolding, Aramis may be, you know, the most important thing in bringing, the, bringing about the revival of Nezarek and whatever that leads to. So yeah. she's integral in that way, I suppose. Well, shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, since we've completely veered off the nine, well, I guess we haven't completely veered off the nine. Uh, okay. Uh, what's the what's what's so so we we've seen all these different visions from the nine, uh, telling us different uh, uh, not necessarily ideas or thoughts, but like kind of showing us events that have happened or 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 the 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 i don't know what to call it events that have happened we'll, we'll call it that <laughs> uh so where does that one lead us yeah so the nine and Warren are not quite done with the drifter uh i don't think they ever will be i don't think they They're ever will be either um we've we see what is honestly kind of a funny little interaction between uh, presumably Oren and Drifter or, or potentially the Nine in some form uh, through the eyes of a Praxic Order surveillance uh, who has been Ooh. watching the Drifter and reporting on what he does. And uh, freaking Auron, right? I, I think it's I think it's her. Um. Yes, it is because a- agent agent uh, AUN three two six. So yeah, yeah. freaking hour on. Yeah. So little little, little spy. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to read through all of it because it's not all really relevant. Um, but uh, she reports that um Drifter has not left the annex in ages, and uh. Following the results of my investigation, the subject has ceased regular reports to Lord Shax. I'm sure both prefer it that way. Uh, he has broken none of the Vanguard's decrees, uh, and no guardians have perished on his watch in Gambit or Reckoning, which was happening at the time. Uh, he has done nothing to warrant eviction. Um, the following is a transcript of one of his late-night rambling sessions logged for evidence. <laughs> uh so she records it's just watching them at night that's yeah that's i mean i i guess i guess rightfully so because the, the drifter's the drifter but right. that's still a little creepy so drifter from her perspective is just talking to the air during this little nightly rambling session but this is what he has to say what now what the hell is it you're trying to tell me the hum of a generator. You showed me a universe with no light, dominated by the dark. What are you arguing? Steadfastness and the traveler's dogma? Ha, huh. that's not obtuse enough for y'all. No, no, I don't think so, because then you showed me a reality without shadows of pure light from every angle. Nowhere to hide, everyone begging to die, like we did in the dark age. Light's no gift, but I already knew that. What else you got? A metallic clink echoes. Yeah, I know the coin doesn't lie. It's the only thing in this world I trust for real. But you know what? I control the coin, and I make my own fate. No one writes on this but me. You got that? 
you pencil-necked phantom-assed geek. Have some respect for people's stuff. A second metallic clink. I've refused the traveler's dogma for generations, and I'll reject yours. A rush of static as the feed distorts from light-based radiation. You can't boil my brain, brothers and sisters. I see you trying, but I'm already there. A fizzling crackle as the feed distorts from additional light-based radiation. And if you think you can handle, you have a handle on Orin, well, you didn't know her like I did. You slip up just once, that girl will eat you alive. Nine steak sounds mighty tasty if you can find it. Scrape it all together. Get a fire going that'll cook it. What a fire that would be. You want to see what makes us tick? Maybe Drifter wants to see what makes you stop. A dull roar as the feed distorts from light-based radiation. Yeah, boy, that's a threat. And that's where we're going to end that reading. Bam! Bam! I already know the other half of that reading, too. <laughs> was was which? Do you remember which, which uh, lore card the other half of that reading is? Where he's like, he's like, what is this? This is the world without darkness. I can't see a damn thing. Yeah. And he stubs his toe and shit. <laughs> and then like, they go, now we'll show the opposite. He's like, holy shit, it's so fucking bright. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so that wasn't a lore card. That was a dialogue from the Prophecy Dungeon uh, that you can get oh. when you like go. So for those that don't know, the Emissary is still, I think, definitely was at one point. Um, in these little areas of the desert in the prophecy dungeon, and when you went to her, you would get a little dialogue. No, she's not anymore. Oh, it that's fucking too bad. drives me nuts. When prophecy first came out, it was a weekly thing that you could get, and it was Namkey. It was literally Nam or not Namkey. It was uh uh maybe maybe it was Namkey. I don't know. It was either Namkey or Orin or both or something, but it was a figure. It was an awoken figure, like sit, almost like a little girl perched on like the little rock bits out in the desert with like her feet hanging over the side, dangling, just kind of like tell or like leaning forward or something, like telling you stories and stuff. And that was like that was a whole collectible thing that you could get the first like I want to say it was like the first two or three weeks that the prophecy was out. But for some reason, it it glitched out and nobody was getting any of them. And so Bungie just removed them completely. There's no uh-huh. reference of them at all in game. There's no triumph for it. There's no nothing. But I, I'm glad that you brought that up because I remember that. And I almost want to go like, I think after we're done recording tonight, I think I'm going to go find those little bits and, and, and follow them and read them. Because those were, those were super good little bits. Oh, they were. They were great. Uh, but yeah, and actually we talked about that specific one in our Drifter series. Um, or either in our drifter series or in our light and dark series, one or the other, I I forget which, or both, Uh, or both. Just, just go listen, just, (laughs) just go listen to both of them. We, we, we won't tell you no. (laughs) But so what, what Anor, the Praxic Warlock is taking as drifter, essentially talking to himself, I is actually drifter having a conversation with the nine and not only a conversation, but essentially telling them like hey you you can't touch me i and just directly threatening them like yep (laughs) if you if you want to mess with me i'm gonna mess with you right back and you are not gonna like it uh 
So there you go. I like I like that. He's he's not he's not here to play games. No. And the nine are trying to under they they don't understand Drifter. I mean, they don't understand yep. much about us. So that's why they need an emissary. But they definitely don't understand Drifter. And uh, we see a, a very small conversation between them and uh, the emissary about him in uh, Invitation of the Nine, visit number four. And uh, this is a, a conversation where um, the emissary is just kind of speaking out to the, the void. And uh, the Nine ask her, uh, as there's this giant version of the Drifter's Jade coin floating in the air, the Nine say, what does it want? And the Emissary responds, you ask the same questions. You never listen. Why did it do this? He's afraid of death, of everything. So it kills. He hates violence. He hates it so much that he'll murder anyone who tries to inflict it on him. And the emissary disappears. Again, I when we think of the nine, like to think of them trying to understand emotions, they really don't. So even something as basic as fear, they they don't they don't get it. Like it's it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't process for them. And to now have an emissary that can try to explain these things, and and what better of an emissary, right? Like right. Orin, the 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 universal translator, uh, to try to help them understand this stuff, and and then for her to explain that that whole deal, like he hates violence so much that he's willing to just end anyone that's willing to inflict violence, like that's that's such a like chicken and the egg idea right like or, or maybe not chicken and the egg I, I don't know what to call it it's a circular logic i guess like yeah i i hate somebody that's going to inflict violence so i'm just going to kill him which is a very violent thing to do but it's i mean to the drifter that's the only logic that he wants to follow he doesn't want to follow the 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 dogma of the light he doesn't want to he doesn't he doesn't care enough about the dark to give to give a shit one way or another other than to see it as a tool He's just like, I'm I'm gonna do me. That's it. You know? Yeah. And it, it's interesting. So remember when Orin and Drifter first met and were discussing each other, it says that Drifter opened up to her about his fear, about his, you know, his own insecurities. Yeah. And she remembers that and seems to identify that, I think correctly as as him being truthful because she she says yep. he's afraid of everything like everything that that's all the drifter has ever known is fear of what's yep. around him and he's desperately trying to take control of what he can to protect himself and and with fear being like one of the most basic human instincts or or feelings or whatever like that's a hard thing to to cope with and to and to to control and so he's doing everything in his power to keep control to to cope with the fear so yeah so 
That's kind of where we're going to end with the connections between the Nine and Drifter in particular. Uh, But that's not to say that the Drifter is the only one that has spoken to the Nine. Uh, We actually have a lore card on a old uh, Trials of the Nine weapon called Motion to Suppress is the name of the weapon. Um, I, I swear I had one of these weapons at one point in time. You may I have. Think, I think I had. I think I had the submachine gun. Because th- now back in that day, back in my day of of the nine, no, uh, back when Trials of the Nine was a thing, when you got clan rewards from somebody doing something, you would actually get rewards that were from that thing. Yeah. Yep. So like if 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 you had a group in your clan went flawless. And they got the the trials engram from the activated from Hawthorne. You'd go to Hawthorne and claim it, and you would get a trials of the nine weapon. If they went and did the raid, you would go get you would pick up a raid weapon or raid piece of armor or something like that. And I think that's I think that's how I got my my one and only trials of the nine weapon, uh, a submachine gun. I I don't remember the name of it though. Uh, so this is the submachine gun motion oh. to suppress. Um, well, there we go. There you go. Um. But motion to suppress uh, doesn't tell us who exactly is speaking to the nine, but I think we can we can make some guesses. Okay. So it uh, the lore card on it goes like this: a trespasser. You are not welcome here. How did you find us? The individual. She sent me. You are not your queen, a puppet, defined by scars. We have no need of you. We have our own puppets. Let her speak, the individual says. I came to discuss the future. Present your truths carefully. And that's the end of that lore card. Fucking Mara Sov. God, she's a badass. <laughs> well, uh, I don't think it's Mara because they say you what? are not your queen. Damn it. <laughs> I thought it was Mara. But I do think it's some, I do think Mara is the queen in question. And I think this is Eris Morn. Oh. Oh, that just clicked with the whole present your truth. Okay. Yep. All right. All right. Because they say, you know. All right, you. <laughs> you you are not your queen. And Eris has referred to Mara uh, very consistently as her queen, my queen. Her queen, yep. Um, yep. But they say, you are just a puppet defined by your scars. And Eris has She her, has a lot of them. Yeah. Her, her very visible physical scars, you know, of her uh, eyes as well as her emotional. Nightmares. Her nightmares. Jesus. You you want to like? I'm gonna do another little self plug here. Go check out our our Morn. I think we did what a two parter on her, maybe a three parter on her. Yeah. Like we we got as much information as we could about her life from start to to most recent at the time, and she has gone through some shit. Okay. So that so that's Aris Morn trying to find more information, trying to get more out of the nine. Yeah, she says she's there to discuss the future. 
Uh, yeah. And that she was sent there by the queen. And, you know, this, this would have been far after the like taken war at this point. Yep. So it's interesting to try and think about like, what does the queen have to talk to the, like, discuss with the nine and we saw the queen during forsaken talking to the emissary at one point though we don't know any anything about what they spoke about other than she was like almost was that the one where she was angry no that wasn't the one she was angry no 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 no. she's she because she again she sees the emissary and she knows she knows the emissary as Orin. she also knows the emissary as nasa like Mara has more knowledge about that emissary. Well, I guess now the emissary has more knowledge about herself because she remembers everything. Like, yeah. Okay. So the nine, I think, uh, I, I think there's either two things that are happening here. This is either them giving us a flashback and they're saying that Eris went to the nine prior to the taken war to let them know like on behalf of the queen on behalf of the queen to to talk about the queen's plan at you know to, oh. to sacrifice herself to overthrow oryx in the long run yeah um because yep. we still don't like because no one person Eris probably knew the most it feels like but yeah. no one person really knew the entire plan right so it may have just been a case where maybe the queen was worried like i have this plan but if the nine think the un- think the solar system is going to be destroyed by Oryx, they may try to intervene, and that would mess shit up. Yep. So to like go to them and like pause, like tell them, "Hey, pump your brakes. I I know what I'm doing here. Just let me do my thing, and come out the other end a winner." And I think that's supported a little bit by the next Trials of the Nine weapon lore card, which is Motion to Compel, which is the sniper. Uh, because this one has the flavor text that says take the long view and it's just a discussion between the between the nine themselves and they're saying this look her plan is coming together always the clever one always the smug one she plays with weighted odds odds we weighted shall we Intervene. No. Not yet. Be patient. Wait until the dynasty falls. And that's the end of that card. As soon as you said dynasty, my eyes literally lit up like that's that's the that's the three. That's Savathun, Oryx, and Zebuareth. That I think is very likely. I, I, ha! I did one! Yay! <laughs> uh, and the only reason why is because I thought of, like, when you said Dynasty, I instantly thought of Vice video called yeah. Dynasty, and it's like the entirety of, of the, the, the books of sorrow and the, the rise of the three of them. But yeah. Um, okay. So we've seen two of those members fall. There's a third one on the way, presumably. There's... So, oh man, so we could see the nine intervene whenever Zebu Wrath falls. 
with whatever plan Mara has. Because uh-huh. again, we still don't know Mara's plan. Like we still don't know her whole plan. Jesus. Okay. If if she has okay. one, I think you could argue that. You, you think by this point in time she's just like, oh, we're gonna jazz it up and just riff it along like. I mean, we know she had to retreat from fighting the witnesses' forces outside the That's solar true. system. Yeah, I we we and don't then, know. Like her, she was visibly shaken. Yeah, by her interaction with the witness too, which I presume was her only interaction with the witness, as far as we know. Yeah, but I mean, for her to be that shaken, the way she was in in the cutscene there, like yeah, yeah, and we see again from the nine uh they have a little discussion with the emissary about mara Sov. um unclear as to what point in time they're referencing when they're saying some of this uh but we'll i'll read through and then we can kind of discuss so this is from the invitation of the okay. nine quest line this is visit number three and we just see a image of the emissary floating speaking out to space again but this time there's a giant towering uh sculpture i guess of mara um on the horizon that's been like made out of clouds and the conversation goes like this the nine say the clever one is in peril the emissary no she will manage the nine they will annihilate her then she will die as one of us gladly she will regret before the end you don't know the meaning of that word she will beg for death's release you cannot kill what has already died and the emissary disappears I feel like this is this is almost like showing the Nine's reaction to the events of the Battle of Saturn. It definitely feels like that, but it's so that's it's hard to tell. Right, like it's very, very open-ended, ambiguous. Like, but it, but the the idea of like she's in peril, like. My first two thoughts were, okay, they're either either they're discussing the events of the Battle of Saturn or they're discussing her being in the ascendant plane kind of just waiting. Like mm-hmm. I I don't I don't know which which instance is more correct. Uh because and again, I'm trying to think of when this so this this quest chain was during Season of the Drifter, which was after Forsaken. Yeah. So we had already seen like the queen, the, the quote unquote queen's return uh, from the Battle of Saturn and stuff like that. So I, I in my head, or or I, I don't know. I, I I still feel like I feel very strongly that this is just showing us the nine's reaction to the Battle of Saturn and the nine like accepting Mara, saying you know she she'll manage like she she knows like it's fine don't worry about intervening she'll be all right and then like and then kind of like showing like she doesn't even know what's going to happen like later on like she'll be begging for death and then the emissary to come back with she's not afraid of death 
she has no fear of death because of the Battle of Saturn. Like, it, because she has died, she's shed that fear of death. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like this is this is this is just the emissary, either the emissary or the nine themselves, or both, showing us that the nine showing us the nine's reaction to the battle of Saturn and the, and the, and the end result there. I think that's certainly possible. And I, I'm kind of leaning that way myself. I, another possibility though, that we could consider is because this is in season of the drifter. Uh, this is after Mara has reappeared and forsaken and left again off to go battle the witness. So they might be commenting on her fighting the witness or this may be the nine with their spooky, you know, future vision saying like very, you know, when they're saying the clever one is in peril, they may be talking about her becoming a disciple of the witness as the witness showed her when she met him the first time. Because they say they will annihilate her. That might be the witness and Callus, or yep. witness Callus and Shivu, or whatever the combination is. All uh, the, all the forces of the darkness type thing. Right, she, come together to defeat Mara. She will regret before the end, as as we said before. She was pretty rattled by her interaction with the oh, witness yeah. uh, during, as we saw in Witch Queen. So, like, yeah. you know, I could see her if if they think she's going to follow the same route, the witness, you know, prophesizes she's going to follow that she'll regret undoing, you know, the universe, um, and that she will beg for death's release. She would rather die than betray everything she's tried to save for so long. Uh, I could see that too. Absolutely. No, that I, it's, it's just ambiguous enough that it could really go either way. it, It really could. And I, as far as that's concerned, like, good job, Bungie. Like, oh yeah, that's that's a great way of writing that scene to where it's like it could it could mean multiple different things, and yeah, no, that's fantastic. I like that. Uh, and the other thing I want to point out, which you can't hear in an audio format, but if you read this, you will see. Um, and I don't know if this is a liberty taken by whoever transcribed this. Although the previous transcripts have been very particular, they, um, so there, there's a, there's been identified some different patterns of speaking for different members of the nine, as we talked about before, when they're written, they're showed up as all bold or, um, or all capitalized or all capitalized with spaces between or all capitalized with spaces between and punctuation versus no punctuation, um, all lowercase with punctuation, all lowercase with none, all lowercase with spaces. Like they, in the the lore cards, they have delineated them in that manner. And okay. in these transcripts of of cutscenes, uh, the people that have transcribed these, uh, which are just community members, this is not official. The transcripts aren't official. The the um, you know, the videos are are still available via YouTube, but uh, whoever transcribed these has done a very good job of following that same, uh, you know, separation of, of the voices by giving them the different uh, types oh. of speech when they've typed them out. 
And for this one, I don't know if it's an oversight or if it's intentional, but it all appears to be the same member of the nine talking to the emissary here instead of multiple. Just a single one. Okay. Almost like is is there doubt in a single Right. And and there could be like like there's cause even in some of the earlier readings, there's always that one member that's like super doubtful of everything, that's like super worried about everything. Right. So yeah. maybe this is just one member of the nine that is uh you know, not not feeling what Mara's trying to do right now. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Uh, Well, where does that lead us? So, uh, we're going to, I think, read one more lore card for the night. I was, I was going to ask because I'm looking at our our readings here, and I'm, I'm curious if we want to break these, the rest of these readings out into the final episode of the nine. Uh, I'm gonna, I think we're gonna read the first one. Okay. To, to give everyone a little teaser of what we're going to be talking about yeah. on the next episode. Cliffhanger! <laughs> hanging from a cliff! So, uh, this, the lore book we're pulling from now is called Dust. And we're going to read the very first chapter. We're going to be following a, a new person that ends up being important to the nine. Uh, we're actually going to discover a lot of information about the nine through this person's eyes. Uh, but we're going to read the first chapter of this, and it goes like this. Is that him? Lavinia whispers. Oh, yes. Nobody does unnervingly bewildered like our boy Zer. The titan points down into the shadows of the tower hangar where a cloaked figure hunches over nothing, as if run through by an invisible spear. He comes here to trade. We didn't let him in, but we don't stop him either. Lavinia, as afraid of success as she is of failure, shivers through a thrill of nerves. Zur, she corrects, the titan, then feeling like a pedant. Sorry, cryptarch habit. Right, Zur. That's what I said. The Titan shrugs. I like old stuff too, Cryptarch. Go ask your question. Lavinia's mother told her that on the day of her birth, a witch pronounced her lucky. She will have to trust in that luck now. She descends to the hangar floor and walks determinedly up to the thing. It does not even lift its hood to look. Zur she says, unsure what to do with her hands. I am Cryptarch Lavinia Garcia Umar Tawil. I've chosen the study of the Nine, as all fools do, her master told her. I want to ask you a question. You have no need of it. The voice hidden in that squirming face is a man's, low and incongruously clear. He sounds, Lavinia thinks, as if he's trying very earnestly and very hard to be understood. But I will give it to you. She has practiced this question, clung to it as her anchor when she drifted away from her master and friends. 
We salvaged information from a ghost on Venus in the Ishtar Sink. It described an artifact found by our Golden Age ancestors. A copper box, painted red, lightly damaged, full of dust. On the individual motes of dust, we found engraved maps of rocky worlds. Mars, Earth, Venus, other planets, maybe every Earth-like planet in the galaxy. Zur lifts its grasping face. She sees an almost human curiosity, but stretched over the rack of an alien shape, a provisional superstructure cobbled together to make a man-like form, ever on the verge of failure. Planets, it says. My emotions, in large part, depend upon the configuration. She doesn't shudder much. My colleagues say that the artifact came from the Vex as a warning that they will exist wherever we go. But I think, she swallows, I think it's from the Nine. Did the box of dust come from the Nine, sir? Zer's golden eyes shine at her. I am here for a reason, he says. I cannot remember. The dust has changed. The dust is precious. Yes, did the Nine send us the dust? Why is the dust precious, sir? Why dust at all? Why not a letter or a clay tablet or anything clear? Blood. Zer says, and makes a sound like a cough. The blood is transformed. The wish is granted. The dust is commongeld. It can't be the Vex who sent it, she insists, as if Zer's another stubborn cryptarch who won't listen. Ledvinia, you must stop babbling, she thinks to herself. The Vex use matter as a substrate for com computation, not a medium to communicate. How is it that the Nine can map the mass of every rocky planet in the galaxy but not send us a message on the radio? Why Venus? Why dust? Much of dust was once cells, Zer says and coughs loudly. This dust was once of the Nine. It commingled. It was forever changed. That harsh, percussive cough again. Dust to dust. One dust to another. The nine are the flesh of dust. And Lavinia realizes that the agent of the nine is laughing. And that's the end of that lore card. I, I was just going to make one comment. Yeah. Co-mingled. Co Ah, you're right. <laughs> Though it sounds so much cooler as Common Guild. Eh. Like, yes. Uh, and I'm only I'm only doing that just because of context clues. Oh, like no, the thought you're, of dust, you're absolutely like, right. like intermingling. So okay, so I've got I'm I'm gonna try to understand this lore card. Um Okay, so this cryptarch, Lavinia. Uh, have we ever met this cryptarch? We've only met two, I think. We have three. We have not met her in game, as far as I'm aware. Okay, so we've we've met Rahul. We've met um, we've met Tyra, 
um, yeah. uh, who used to be at the farm, and now she's just gone. Was she the same one that was on uh, Fellwinter Peak? Yes, she was. Tyra Karn? Okay. Uh, and then the third one would be the one that was at the uh, Reef. I can't ever remember the Cryptarch's name, but it's voiced by the same guy who voices Balthier from Final Fantasy XII. <laughs> I want to say it was Ives. That sounds right. It's like Cryptarch Ives or something I- like that. I V E S. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Anyway, so Lavinia Cryptarch uh, has chosen to study the Nine. Um, welcome, welcome to the paradox, Lavinia. <laughs> The two, the two of us are doing the same thing. <laughs> so yeah, um, so she sees, she sees her you know, Titan. You know, points, points her, at, points him out. Like, hey, go ask him some stuff, or they, he's, he's down there. You know, go, go, go deal with him. So she goes down. She asks him the, the deal about this box, a, a, um. Well, it's not even. It's not even. They don't even have the box. It's just information that was gathered from a ghost. Um, that described the information described an artifact found by our golden age ancestors. So found pre-collapse. Uh, the box was the box. Obviously, the ghost wasn't found pre-collapse because the ghost came after the collapse. Anyway, um, so this this artifact, this box, was found by the golden age ancestors. It was a copper box, painted red, uh, lightly damaged, full of dust. Uh, on the individual motes of dust, so literally on the like the grains of sand in there, they found engraved maps of rocky worlds, which, I mean, holy shit. Um, yeah. Th- that kind of like blew my mind. Um, they found they found like maps of Earth, maps of Mars, maps of Venus, other planets, all possibly every Earth-like planet in the galaxy, um, and again trying to talk trying to listen to Zer and interpret what he's saying is a very hard thing so i his whole thing of like planets my motions in part are depend on their configure like okay thanks buddy that didn't help at all uh and then everyone in the cryptarchy is telling lavinia hey all this the information of this box this all came from vex this is all vex related and so she's thinking no 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 it can't be i think it's from the nine during like during the golden age the nine gave us this box with all these with all these maps on them and then like zur talks about how like zur says blood the blood is trans transformed the wish granted the dust is commingled and there there's the thought of like the like she thinks of him she thinks of it as like well he's just telling her it's it's the vex and she's like no 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 um they they use the Vex used matter as a substrate for computation, not a medium to communicate. Meaning, the Vex use matter uh, to calculate things, but they don't use it to talk to people. Like they don't use it as a as a as a way to to communicate. And then ask, how is it the Nine can map the mass of every rocky planet in the galaxy? But not send us a damn message on the radio. <laughs> and why was it on Venus? And why was it dust? Uh, and so he answers back with, much of dust was once cells. This dust was once of the nine. It commingled. It was forever changed. 
that harsh, uh, sorry, then he coughs again, uh, dust to dust, one dust to another, the nine are the flesh of dust. We know the nine as being planets, and so, I mean, I feel like this is just Zer telling her exactly what the nine are, like, telling Lavinia, like, hey, this dust is the nine, like, the, the possible, so here's a thought, each grain of sand, or each grain of dust, each moat of dust that's in this box, could be an individual planet, because it talks about maps of different planets, and therefore each planet having a, a nine member attached to it, these could all be like a single, single grain of dust from every single planet in the entire galaxy, therefore being all of the nine. And, well, I mean, it'd be more than the nine, right? It'd be like the nine billion or nine quintillion, right? Right, like, yeah. There's way more than just nine planets in this galaxy. Hell, there's only, there's more than nine planets in the solar system. Damn it, I swear to God, <laughs> I will claim that Pluto is a planet for the rest of my life. And now Nessus. I am I am officially joining Nessus train, but the two of them don't. Whatever. Fucking NASA. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I deviated there for a bit. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like. What do you make of this box? What do you make of this idea of this these maps on grains of dust? So I think you're right that Zer is in his own way telling her exactly what it is, but I think there's some context clues that we have to draw on. Okay. So, he specifically says, "I, uh, the blood is." She she asks, you know, what is this dust? He says the dust is precious, blood. The blood is transformed, the wish is granted, the dust is commingled. This was found on Venus. Okay. We know that one of the main objectives of the Nine, as we discussed in the first episode, and as we will find supporting evidence for next episode as we follow Lavinia, uh, one of the main objectives of the Nine is to no longer their existence to no longer be dependent upon the existence of the planets they're tied to and they're okay. seeking that independence via whatever means are available to them primarily paracausal means oh shit venus was home to ahamkara until the great hunts presumably still home because if you go to vault of glass the very first cut scene of of your fire team dropping in there are two dragons flying in the background this is true uh this box was found on venus in the ishtar sink i think this box is the results of the nine monkey paw shit i think this is the box of the is the results of the nine wishing via the ahamkara and probably <laughs> communicating it very poorly uh, oh god that's even worse <laughs> to to become corporeal to become like you know be a part of the existence <laughs> of the wish dragons and, and in wish dragon bullshit magic they're like okay <laughs> They're like, okay, we will we will take a piece of you and turn it into something in our reality, and that something is is a box, is a box of, of dust. 
fucked up. That's <laughs> it's so messed up, but it's it makes so much sense. Like <laughs> So this this <laughs> dust is literally the blood of the nine of the planets of everything. Oh my god. <laughs> and it was from a wish that was granted. That's that's like that's like the blind leading the blinder, right? Like the <laughs> The, the the nine who have poor communication skills to the Druish dragons who kind of have poor, I don't want to say poor reception skills, but kind of do. I mean, <laughs> intentionally so on their part. Intentionally <laughs> poor reception skills, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. This is, this is so messed up, but it's <laughs> it fits so perfectly. Uh, yeah, like, and, and so then the Wish dragon's like, what? I did exactly what you told me. I did it. I said it exactly back to you how you said it to me. And the nine are just sitting back like, God <laughs> damn it. This is, this is, uh. that could I be. Like that. And that, that may very well be why the nine had not yet. Uh, you know, cause we know the nine had to kill the Ahamkara, the remaining Ahamkara yep. when Oryx came about. And you know, the, one of the big questions being like, okay, if the nine, want to be a part of our existence a wish dragon is the perfect thing to do it i think they they intended to use the ahamkara it's just their hand got forced and they decided the ahamkara became more of a risk than they were willing to take and they they were probably spending in traditional nine fashion spending all of this time between this first attempt and when they had to kill the ahamkara off trying to figure out how do we effectively communicate our wish to them in a way that gets the results we want. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the, that's the ultimate question to any Ahamkara is how do you communicate with one and in an effective way? Mar is the only one that's, that's kind of come up with a decent way being the wish wall, but like, yeah, it's still not really exact. Like, so and for me what what all what this also um you know kind of uh kind of tells me is that uh this this is a personal interpretation i suppose but um where zer says dust to dust one dust to another the nine are flesh of dust what that in my head uh correlates to is actually a, a book series by philip pullman um, oh. which is a, a, it was called the dust series, uh, or I believe like the, the trilogy of it was called the dust trilogy, um, or also known as his dark materials. And those books were the golden compass, the subtle knife and the amber spyglass. And, uh, in those books, he, uh, in his world, his characters refer to dark matter as dust. And the nine oh, are made are the of ni- oh, dark matter. Oh shit! So it, you know, maybe that's me putting my own interpretation on things based on other other you know materials. But fuck it, I like it. When Zer says dust to dust, one dust to another, in my head, that's dust the dark matter to dust the sand, one like to it. another. I'm keeping it. That's canon. So, Boom. Yeah. Check the box there. So, but that all right. 
is where we're going oh, to. That uh, that's where we're going to close on tonight's episode. Uh, we're going to continue our adventures with Lavinia uh, in our in next week's episode, which will likely be the end of our uh, little mini series here on the Nine. Okay. Well, sweet. Um. All right. Well, shout outs. Yeah, so we've got two shout outs that we're gonna uh gonna go over tonight. Um the first of us or the first first of one comes to us uh from Apple Podcasts. Uh someone left a, a review there. Um with the uh the the username of FZ8. I, you gotta you gotta say it French like though. <laughs> FZ8. I don't know if that's the intention or not, but uh, I'm taking it that as the intention. I like it. They they leave us a five star review. Thank you very much for that on Apple Podcasts. Um, simply saying, great cod podcast, but I matched myth playing Stasis Lock. Um, oh, you poor fool. <laughs> So you'll you, you probably died a bunch too. Thank you, but I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna let you all know. Myth does the he does the double turret thing with the yeah he's he's mean. I do no such thing. This is blasphemy. He, and 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 he runs around with Traveler's Chosen, and he just he gets all of his stupid abilities back, and he just he's like a sidearm badass. And I just did for a gur at him. Okay, yeah, that I do. Yeah. Yeah, gur at him. <laughs> uh, but thank you very much for the yeah for leaving thank us you. the five star. Okay. Uh, you said we had one more. Yep. So our our second shout out and last one for the night comes to us actually from Audible. I uh, from a user just there uh, named as Stephen. Say they left us also a five star review. Uh, says. I've been following you guys on Spotify for months. Your content is exactly what I was looking for. Sure, I have Bife for other similar people on YouTube, but they all sound bored or monotone, and it's just really hard for me to listen for a long period of time. But not you guys. You guys are upbeat, constantly joking. It really does manage to break up the heavy story Bungie usually puts out. Please keep up the phenomenal work. I know you guys are fairly new, but I keep putting new people onto your show. Every fire team I get into will get an earful about myths and stories. Hope you guys get even bigger. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I'm going to cry. <laughs> Fuck. I'm actually like tearing up. God damn it. I, I, fuck. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's well. Okay, that's very. That's thank that's you. That's awesome and and super sweet. Thank you very I, much. I it's it's it. Myth myth has said this before too, and 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 I I second this opinion. The the guys that are out there, Stephen, this is for you as well. Uh, that are that are just mentioning like are mentioning us to other people that are saying, hey, these guys are good enough to listen to that. I'm willing to share like of my own accord go share this information with other people and say hey check these guys out that is between that and like quitting your job to listen to this those are like <laughs> the two highest levels of praise that i can think of like those are 
and and to all you guys that literally are like because we know there's a bunch of you guys out there guys and gals that are just like i'm just gonna listen to these two guys for the next two hours of my work day and just do nothing hell yeah (laughs) like i i don't highly recommend it but i highly appreciate it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah i i i i do like having the emotion in there i'm i'm very i'm a very excitable person and i and i i i do love the other guys right like i love myth i love or well, i mean obviously i love myth uh i love bife see you're so close to myth you're so close to bife i just i've now <laughs> combined you into a single person you are you are bife uh or myth i, I don't know about that <laughs> Myth or Bife? I don't know. Anyway, uh, no, I love I love Bife. I I love listening to his videos. He 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 does the research as 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 well as Myth does, and as as I am starting to do now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it, I I don't know that he's bored with it. I just know that he has a very he has a very certain way of presenting his information, and and for it to be a very one-sided conversation that he's having with the audience, you know, like uh, for him to tell the stories that he wants to tell. And I, I, um, I haven't checked out a lot of Mylan's videos, uh, but I have seen a few of them. And again, the, the information, it is a one-sided conversation. I think that's something unique that myth and I bring to the, uh, to the lore discussions of destiny is that we have a, another brain to kind of bounce ideas off of and to and to get excited about and to and to think of stuff and to get emotional about while we're doing these readings like i i that's one thing that i think that we bring a lot uh to these to this to the lore community and i i i enjoy doing it yeah no me too uh, i i think that we're also in a, a unique space where we're doing more long form content where uh, I, a lot of those other guys, because they do it for their job, you know, it's their livelihood. Yep. They have to play the game of the algorithm and whatnot. And, uh, you know, that kind of forces them to make those 10, 15, 20 minute videos. And they have to try and pack it all into that. And, uh, you know, we're just, we're just doing this for fun. Uh, so yeah. we, you know, as nice as it is to be discovered and, and, you know, show up, you know, get that, that SEO, uh, say i don't think any i don't think most people are are normally sitting down for a two plus hour conversation about you know a lore book so hopefully that's That's true that's enjoyable and it it seems to be um because not a, a shout out aimed at any one in particular but uh just in general i want to say thank you to everybody uh we saw that on spotify which doesn't allow you to leave like a text review, but does on the mobile app allow you to leave um, like a number of stars, one through five. And on Spotify, we are currently sitting at 4.9 out of five stars with 78 reviews left. And that is that's, amazing that's awesome. to me. <laughs> that's, that's fucking awesome. Like, thank, thank all of you. Yes. Yeah. I, I, as, the, again, I I still I still think of our humble beginnings of like our clan members just like, hey, y'all should record this shit because y'all talk a lot about it and you both kind of have a lot of knowledge about it and have a lot of ideas about this stuff. So record it and put it out there. And I I never thought it would get this this way. I I I was just talking to Myth before we started recording tonight. Our our kind of like 
goal, uh, I guess. I, I don't know if it was a goal or not, but uh, I was I was going to be super amazed and impressed uh, if we hit 50,000 listens uh, by December. Uh, tomorrow is October 1st, so October, November, December. we got three whole months, and we're already at 47,000. I think we're going to smash that 50,000 point and go beyond. I th- I think we get to 60,000 by the end of the year, which is freaking amazing. Like I I I I the, the fact the fact that somebody when I was in Hawaii, somebody came up to me and recognized me and was like, "Hey, I listen to your podcast." And I was just like, "Oh my god." Like this, it's so cool. It really is. It's a it's a very humbling thing, but at the same time it's a super exciting thing. So yeah, I thank all of you. Absolutely. So another big thank you to everybody that listens to us. Uh, if you're new here or you're returning and you like what you're hearing uh, and you would you know, feel so inclined to, to leave us a review on your platform of choice, you know, rate us whatever you think we're worth. We always appreciate that. Uh, and if you're interested in reaching out either to say, hey, I really enjoyed this or you know, you've got an idea about, oh, you guys thinking about covering this or, you know, anything like that. We're all, you can also catch us uh, on Twitter at myths and stories spelled the same, same way the uh, title of the show is. And uh, we, we monitor that uh, as much as we can over the week and and try and respond there too. And uh, you may hear yourself in one of these shout outs in a future episode, but, uh, but thank you again to everyone. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, and then I got a quick thank you. Uh, um, who do I get to thank tonight? Um, thank you, Namkey, for doing everything you could to try to get a message out. All right. Uh, anything else, Beth? No, that's it. All righty. Well, then from all of us lore nerds to all of you guardians out there, we'll see you next time.